Welcome back to the OWA Talks podcast. I am your co-host, Stephanie, here with my other co-host, Sandra. For this one's podcast, we have the wonderful Carissa Dumphy, who is also known online by her alias, Optician Now. Hey, Carissa, how's it going? Hi, I'm good this morning. How are you guys? Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for being here with us today. Can you share a little bit about your background and experiences so we can get to know you a little better? Sure. Um, I'm an American Board of Optician Certified Optician. I work just outside of Seattle in a pretty busy practice with um, five doctors and we have one ophthalmologist. Uh, we work inside of a hospital, so it's a very wide patient base, but it is always, um, it's never boring. It's always surprising and you learn a lot. After, it's kind of, kind of a weird story. I had a little bit of a derailment, but um, after college, I went to college for computer stuff and I'm a certified computers application specialist. After college, I got a job at an internet startup company as an advertising assistant and I really liked the marketing, the advertising, that sort of thing. I say that's where I got the bug. Um, but then I went on to work for a web hosting and live streaming company where I built websites for other small businesses. I mean, I don't even know, hundreds of them. And we did um, server provisioning and I hosted 60 live video podcasts, which is probably the most notable thing at that job that I did. And that was really fun. And I talked to a lot of really cool people. And then I had my son and I was like, I just need to get back to work. I just need to do something back to work. So I got a job at the front desk in an optometrist office near me because that was like the only person who was hiring. And then I started learning how to be a technician and then an optician. And then I just took the test to get certified and I guess the rest is history. I like, I kind of combined the three jobs that I like because you get to do the multiple hat thing as an optician. It's sort of like you're running like a mini business because you have your little department and you get to do all the fun things and wear all the hats. What a great story. I always love hearing how people get into their career field and path and how things change. People, I say, I hear say that they didn't try to be an optometry on purpose. There's always like a, I just stumble into it. And there's some pretty good stories too. Definitely. Well, we're really excited you're a new OWA member. What drew you to the organization and how do you hope to get involved with this great group? I think the part that I was most um, like excited about, I get excited very easily, by the way. Um, but the part I was most thrilled about was the networking and professional groups that you guys have. Because um, you always go to like chamber of commerce meetings and local networking groups but they're for like all businesses. And the part that I liked about the OWA was that it's for people in our industry. We can relate so much better than going to a chamber of commerce meeting. I mean, we really do understand what everybody there is, is going through and does on a daily basis. Um, so that's probably what I was most excited for, but it's always good to network anyways um, and get to know who is who and what for when you need something or when you can refer somebody. Um, so I think the professional camaraderie, most, mostly of anything. So I am a follow of yours on social media, as you know, and you're very active on social media and post some really great content. Can you share with, a share with us a little bit about how you started out using social media and how you grew your following? This is probably my longest answer because I, I tried to like guide some people because I know some people it's very scary for. When I first got on um, Instagram was my, my 
first jump two feet in platform. And I had never done it before. I was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I felt like I knew absolutely nothing. And there's a lot to learn. Figure the most basic thing I needed to do is post consistently. So I'm like, okay, what can I do to post X number of times a week? So I decided three times a week was reasonable for me to do. Um, so I just created hashtags for those three posts. So it sort of forced me to post on the same day. So I did men's frame Monday and women's frame Wednesday and sunglasses Saturday. <laughs> Super simple, but then it forced me to post on the specific days. And then as I got more comfortable with it and I gained a following, I started posting more often. So currently I probably post like six to seven times a week. You start to see like what gets comments and what gets, you know, no comments, I guess you could say. And then you learn from that on what to post and what not to post. And then for the longest time, I was like, Instagram's boring. Like I'm not having fun on it. Well, it's because I wasn't really following anybody. <laughs> so when I logged in and my feed, I was scrolling through. I'm like, I'm not in interested in anything that I'm seeing here. So I'm like, okay, we're going to set our next task to follow the people that I like that would make me like scrolling through my feed. Cause you're not like obligated to follow certain people. You make it what you want and get what you need out of it, not what everybody else is doing. So I followed the people. And then I was kind of surprised at um, no one followed me back. <laughs> and it's because I was new. Like you have, you know, a hundred followers or whatever, if that, and you're like kind of disappointed that no one's following you back. And then, you know, you're like, oh, bum, I really like that person. And they didn't follow me back. That's upsetting. And then you start to comment and like on other people's things. And then they start following you back. But if you don't engage on it, then you don't seem like a real person and you kind of don't get followers. So I tried to make the rule to myself that if anyone ever commented on anything of mine, that I would respond to it because it's the polite thing to do. You always, you know, if you're asked a question and answer it, says my grandma. Um, so I tried to make sure that I was, you know, active and there if someone asked me something. And then if you get really bored or if you're an engineer, you can look at the metrics for Instagram. There's a lot of reporting and stuff that they um, can provide to you in your, in your app or in Facebook also. I'm not sure about Twitter because I'm not a Twitter power user. I'm just baby Twitter user. Um, so look at the stats and sometimes the numbers suck because it like zero engagement, zero likes. It totally happens. So just don't post that kind of stuff anymore. Post different stuff and see what works. Um, and then I found out too that Instagram especially is really um, astringent on apps that use, that use Instagram to help you do stuff. Like there's apps that um, auto-respond that like every hashtag that you enter or that unfollow someone who unfollows you. They're automated, but Instagram really frowns on those and you can get your account blocked really easily. So I tried to not use any apps because I was terrified that my, you know, 87 followers that I finally got would disappear. So I, I really tried to read up a lot on like what what not to do on Instagram because I never wanted that to happen. That would, that would just be so terrible. So it sounds like it's been a, a really long journey for you, like learning different parts. Like I loved in terms of learning from others, um, figuring out what works, look at the data, help you adjust and really being active. I remember early on when I was using social media and someone was talking about Twitter and re relating to it to like a dinner party. 
and that when you go to a dinner party, you just don't throw information out there and just expect that people are going to like, it is, it is the social part, like interacting and getting to know people. And and I think that's a big piece. Um, I know that there's, there's a lot of us out there who maybe are really new to these tools. Um, And I liked one of your pieces of advice, which was um, start following some other people, see the things that you want to see, because that helps you with your creation. But are there any resources that you might recommend to help someone get some more of that information and knowledge to set up their strategy for success? Yeah, I think the the big thing is seeing something that you like and sort of making it your own, um, because you'll definitely find people that you love and you'll find people that you thought you loved and then you follow them and you're like, yeah, maybe I don't love them anymore. And that happens, but that's all part of the learning. Um, I found that asking people, they are always more than helpful to, to help. Just last week, or maybe it was this week even, I asked someone, I'm like, this is really cool that you did this on Instagram. I have no idea how to do that. And I can't even find it on Google. So can you show me how to do that? And she was like, sure, just do this and this. And then sent me a screenshot. And that was that. So I was like, oh, I'm glad I asked. Now I can do that. Um, But, you know, it's asking. And you can Google it too. There's a ton of like how-to videos and um, little like there's videos. There's like a step one, step two, that sort of thing. But mainly I find just asking is big. And then if you're really like stumped, um, I actually have a social media planner on my website that's downloadable or printable that gives you prompts for every day of the month. Um, so that can sort of take the guesswork out of it, I guess. How much time are you spending maybe like in a day or in a week on, on doing some of this? According to my Instagram statistics in the board, (laughs) I think only like a half an hour a day. And that's like the whole day. That's like eight minutes at lunch, seven minutes before dinner, you know, that sort of thing. I don't sit on there and go, you know, a 30 minute whole thing at one time. It's like sporadically, or if there's like a really long line at the grocery store or something, I'll just scroll through it and like a bunch of stuff. So not, I wouldn't say excessive, but everyone is different. Sometimes people are like, I don't have 30 minutes a day. You know, in that case, if you have 30 minutes on a Sunday, you can get a week's worth of posts in there and save them as drafts. And then they're ready to go and just press done. Or in Facebook, you can schedule them out. So you can sort of find what balance works for you and, and just go from there and then alter it based on your results. So we, we've done podcasts in the, in the past about the importance of uh, having a presence on social media for, you know, advancing your career, even for offices um, to kind of talk a little bit more about their offices to potential patients. What are some of the benefits that you've seen in your career by investing your time and energy into social media? I think the most um, beneficial thing and also fun thing is referrals and helping other people. Um, there's a lot of offices that sort of tag team with a business nearby them, which I think is really cool. You know, like we share the hospital that we work next to and then, you know, the hot dog stand or whatever that's coming near us and make it a very community based thing. But you get a sense of knowing who's out there and who does what. So when something comes up, you know who to ask because you would have never gotten that opportunity like in your little office of seven people, but you're like, oh, remember that one optician that did that, posted that one thing? I should ask them about this because now I have it. 
And so it really does like exponentially grow your network and your resources. Myself in my current state, but also in my past, um, depending on what you're doing, there's definitely opportunity for sponsorships. Whether you're just on social media and you have a following, you can get paid people to pay you to post things. Um, for my blogging, I've had sponsors as well. And for my old podcast, I had corporate sponsors. And it's a way to help you make feel like it's worth your time. But my rule to myself has always been that I wouldn't be a sellout on like a product or a brand and just to take the money. Because if I'm not going to personally endorse the product, whatever company that is, then I wouldn't accept them as a sponsor. I just don't feel that that's right. So I feel like it has to be something that I would use in general. So try to you know, not just take the money. I am a big fan of LinkedIn and this is huge. I think a lot of people need to be better at LinkedIn. <laughs> Some people, I think it's, it's more of an older platform. So maybe people think that, oh, it's the old LinkedIn. I don't need to update it, blah, 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 blah. You do. You need to keep it current because LinkedIn is huge. Like it is enormous. There are so many people on it and you can use it if you keep it current. It's sort of like this super powered resume to list more than what is on your resume, like things that you're published in, associations like the OWA that you're a member of. And um, I spoke to an optician a couple of weeks ago and he was like, I own my own business. I don't, I don't need to update my LinkedIn because I own it. Like, where am I going? I'm just going to retire in many years. And I was like, do you teach CEs though? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, wouldn't you want to put the CEs that you teach or the publications that you're published in to build your CE teaching resume as an educator. And he's like, oh, I never even thought about that. So no matter what you're doing, at least update your LinkedIn. Like you should at least have one. You don't have to say like exactly where you work on what street you're on, but it's a really good cohesive background thing for keeping yourself current. I also think it's like each of the different platforms has different users. Like you were talking about LinkedIn being more about you and your professional brand and like an Instagram being more visual in a sense and being able to link more hashtags and even Facebook has a very different feel where you tend to get more conversations going. So I think it's like choosing the strategy that works for what you're trying to achieve. Absolutely. I found when I'm like mentally burned out of something, like I don't want to look at Instagram, I tend to go to LinkedIn because there's not going to be any mushy stuff on there. It's all professional, straight to the point. There's no thinking required. It's like just facts about work stuff. Where if you're in a different mood, you can go, you know, to Instagram or Facebook. And, and Twitter's a whole different thing. I'm really not jumping into that pool, I don't think. Um, you really have to commit to Twitter to get a following. And I just don't want to. So... I'm just going to stick with my other platforms and you don't have to, you don't have to join all of them. Stick with one or two of them that you like and focus on that. Really great advice. I've, I've enjoyed so far really getting a chance to understand your background and some of your experiences, especially because online you get to pick some of those up. And so there's a lot of, like you can see those linkages as we get to know you. But one of the really unique things about your background that you shared with us is that you've been able to find your passion um, through things that, that really move you or things that you really enjoy doing. How do you use that passion to translate that into 
sculpting a successful career. I think I mentioned this before, but I get really easily excited about everything all the time. I'm a lot to handle and my coworkers are always rolling their eyes at me. Um, I'm excited about lunch. I'm excited about dinner. I'm excited about this and this one patient and this new frame wrap and then all these things. That's my brain all of the time. I'm just always excited. Um, I think for me, I try to focus on what I'm doing only and not all the other things that I'm excited about. Um, because if you really don't put your attention on what you're doing, you're not going to do it as good as you should. Um, so that's what I really want to try to do. Like every day at the moment, you know, all I'm doing right now is entering this one job. Don't listen to this 10 staring at me. Just do the one. Try to just really hone in on the one thing that's, that you're doing right now. Um, but in the background of my mind and everybody's mind should always be, I don't, you know, I'm not going to be doing the same thing in five years. So what are baby steps that I can be taking in the meantime to get to where I think I want to be in five years? So take those little steps here and there as they come up. I've seen a lot of people during COVID have really big job shifts that were kind of surprising to me. I was like, that person's worked there for 15 years. They loved it. And now they're just gone. They're doing something completely different. Um, so you like think about it like do you have something that you would rather be doing is this no longer your thing you want to be passionate about everything that you're doing um so keep your own happiness in mind too and evolve to to whatever it may become and try to keep something in the pipeline always so if that next opportunity does come up and you're and it's time for it then you're ready you do a lot of stuff so you're an optician you know, you're running optician now. You, I've seen you writing for multiple publications and you seem to be really successful at doing all of that. How do you balance, how do you do it all? I'm the tortoise in the race. <laughs> so I just chip away at everything. I always have 10, at least like 10 projects going on. Um, I'm a big fan of draft emails. And so whenever I have a thought or a new thought or an edit to a thought, I'll pull up my drafts and just type, type in my thought really quick. And then, or if I'm in bed, who doesn't have their phone in bed, we'll be honest. You just pull it up really quick and, and then you can forget about it. Then you don't have to like, oh, I hope I remember this tomorrow when I wake up. So big fan of draft emails and ch just chipping away at things. Sometimes I'm like really not in the mood to like, write something so I'm like I'm in an Instagram mood so we're going to focus on that and then it's not done yet so then I'll save it as a draft and I know I'll be in that mood later and then the next day I'm in a different mood I'm in a writing mood or like finish that CE that you're doing and so I just like sometimes bounce around and chip away at things um, one of the things that I tried to get better at in my last office we were a big proponent of this um, and most people don't do this, and I don't know why. Um, if something is consistently eating your time or is inefficient, quit doing it that way. <laughs> like, find out what is wrong with it and fix it so you never have to waste that same time again because you're like wasting the same time over and over and over again. So, that to me is like a big thing where just fix the speed bump and get it done right. And then you'll be so happy the next time that you're not having to waste your time on it. And on Instagram or Facebook or wherever or writing or 
patient base, <laughs> even if it's not worth doing, then don't do it. Like do the things that are worth doing, not your personal opinion, your professional opinion, because sometimes you'll be like, I don't want to do this, but you need to do that. Uh, it is the right thing to do. Um, give more energy to the things that pay off and the things that do well than the things that don't because they're just going to be your time suck. That is some, some really great advice. I think for anyone, if anyone's listening and they're thinking about wanting to become an optician, or if they're just starting out as an optician, what advice might you have for them for success? Um, I find being an optician quite rewarding. There's a lot to learn. So it's definitely, a, you know, learn as you go. You learn a lot on the job. Some things you can't learn in the book. You need to do it and see it and feel it. Um, so it just takes time. I mean, it really does take years to do these things. Um, but it's very rewarding with um, taking care of patients, finding the need that, that they need or filling the need that they need to fill. Um, you know, like when someone has a progressive and you introduce them to an occupational lens and their mind is blown and they're like, why didn't I know about this five years ago? This, this is like life changing. It's little things like that. Or if you have a patient that's has like financial hardships and you find a resource for them to be able to get glasses, you know, they cry and they're so grateful. And that sort of thing is very rewarding in the job. On another level, like doing a really good frame repair is also very rewarding. It's like instantly satisfying. Um, but myself, I really like the mini business of the optical department. You get to do the merchandising, you get to do the inventory management, the marketing, you get to have a team that you're working on team building with that you are a part of. So I like that it's like a mini business within the business, but only the stuff that I like to do because it's not the tech stuff, it's not the doctor stuff, it's not the front desk stuff, it's the stuff that I really like. Um, so in, in many ways, it's very rewarding, um, but it is a, a longer thing to get into. So don't get discouraged if if it's taking you longer, but if you're not getting satisfied, maybe it's because you don't have the right resources. Also, sometimes people don't have a mentor in their office, which is another good reason to be on social media or LinkedIn, because you can find those resources and um, chip off of them, even if you don't have it. So if you don't have what you need, then look for it and you'll and you can find something online. As we wrap up today, um, we asked each of our guests to give us kind of their one takeaway from the episode or what is your last piece of advice for our listeners? I would say that everyone has different paths in life and in work and they always change directions. So just keep sticking to your path wherever it goes and go in your right direction. Well, thank you for joining us today, Carissa. I think you gave us a lot to think about as far as using social media and how to kind of harness that power and to help us professionally uh, advance in our careers. So thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate um, being a guest and I'm really excited to be part of the committees and the membership advisory boards for the OWA. And where can people find out more about you? Um, you could just Google it. I sort of pop up because my name's unique, um, but I'm on, Facebook, Instagram, website, LinkedIn, and you can just search for my name, Carissa Denfi, or Optician Now, and it should come up. There's not a lot of us. 
Well, thank you again for joining us and we'll see everyone on our next episode.